Welcome back to Coming Up for Air with hosts Dominique Simone-Levine, Laurie McDougall, and Annie Highwater. This podcast is produced with love by the Allies in Recovery team in solidarity with our listeners. Come in and sit with us for conversations on the most pertinent topics for families navigating a loved one's addiction. We created this podcast along with the learning modules and discussion blog in support of you. We salute the work you are doing and your dedication to helping your loved one find a way through. And now, Coming Up for Air. Welcome back to Coming Up for Air. Today, there are three of us hosting the podcast. Lori McDougall is the founder and director of Rest Support and Educational Groups for Families. She's also a guest blogger and an online craft trainer with Allies in Recovery. Kayla Solomon is a mental health clinician and runs weekly support groups for Allies in Recovery members on Wednesday evenings. I'm Isabel Cooney, chief editor at Allies. We recently had a member write in on the discussion blog asking for more examples and explanation on reflective listening. Reflective listening is a key component, component of the craft method, which we teach at alliesandrecovery.net. We've come together today to address the topic and really dig in. Lori's background with reflective listening includes a training at the Health and Education Inst- and Training Institute in Maine. And as a certified peer recovery coach, she has also been trained in motivational interviewing. Kayla is a certified imago therapist. Did I say that right? Imago relationship therapist and reflective listening is a key part of the intentional dialogue. I'm here both because I like asking questions, but also because I'm currently using craft with a loved one and would love to get better versed in reflective listening myself. So let's dive in. Hi, Izzy. It's great to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) So I was hoping that maybe we could just kind of go over Um, What are the benefits of reflective listening and what are some um, difficulties that you might expect with reflective listening? And then maybe we could do a couple of examples. How do you feel about that, Kayla? That that makes sense. And I would love to explain the kind of the belief system behind it and why it makes so much sense. I think that's a great idea. Um, So, so just a couple of things. Um, sorry, I'm having a tough time today with my, with my throat. So, um, just a couple of things that, uh, I think that people that are getting started with reflective listening is you can start really, really basic and simple, um, and kind of progress from there. So, and, and this is kind of what we teach on the allies and recovery website that parroting back, and you can actually use the person's words to just parrot back uh, just when you first get started learning how to do reflective listening. And um, what are some of the benefits um, to reflective listening? I'll, I'll give a couple and then Kayla, if you can just kind of chime in. Um, it gives you a break. It gives you time to think. Um, and one of, one of the biggest benefits I think is that it helps the person that's being listened um, to, that the person that is doing the speaking, it helps them feel heard in a very deep way. And it helps them, um, I strongly believe, and I don't know if it's Brene Brown that said this, but I strongly believe that when a person feels heard is when healing starts to begin. Um, so, um, which also brings me to probably the toughest part of, of reflective listening, which is, um, keep your two cents out of it. So it's not about if you're doing the listening, it's really important that you're not putting your own ideas and your own thoughts into it. Kayla, do you want to? Yeah, so I'm I'm just going to describe what I tell people about this because I think it's really useful. So as a therapist, what happens is that we look at, we go way back to people's early time. And one of the fundamental needs that people have is to be mirrored. Okay, so there's all kinds of experiments that took that have been done where when babies are not mirrored, 
they lose themselves. They get anxious, they get upset, they feel disconnected, they get afraid. And from that place, people act very inappropriately because they're not getting their needs met. So it's a fundamental need to be mirrored. Um, and so when we say mirroring, it's about having what you're saying and your the way you're engaging being reflected back to you. So literally you are a mirror to the person. And what happens is that once you come from that place, you're actually helping the person's internal system calm down the, because they're, people want to have that experience and to be calm and to feel connected. And it's a very, very effective way to do that. The other thing is that um, it, we, we believe that the, the reality is that at any given moment, there's two alternative um, realities happening at the same time, the person who's speaking and the person who's hearing. And instead of what, what so much of what we all do is we try to explain and, you know, get people to hear what we have to say and make sense. And that's not the point of reflective listening. The point of reflective listening is to really give somebody the space to explain their reality to you and themselves because I don't think most of us listen to ourselves either. And when the other person actually slows things down and creates this very, very safe healing space, the other person gets to actually go deeper. And my what I've witnessed is that when you hold the space with that kind of integrity, the what I've seen is the person themselves comes up with their own answers. The person comes up with their own explanation about why they're doing what they're doing because none of us give each other time to do that. The other thing about reflective listening and the processes that we're going to explain is that what it does is it allows you to feel like you're doing something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because the, if you look at all of the issues that people have with being the fixers, which is if you're on this podcast, there's a good chance that that that's your role is I'm going to make it better. I'm going to fix it. I, there's something I need to do. You have to see this as the most effective thing that you could do to actually repair the situation because, and, and you hold the space and don't give into the wanting to give your side and make yourself right and right. correct it because that is not the point of this. The point right. is to respect the other person's process and perception and really allow it to be, have a space. And that makes the relationship better. Right. So that's, that's the belief for me. Right. I, that's absolutely the belief for me as well. Just be just through experience and, um, and practicing it. Um, but also, uh, kind of tying it back to, it does a lot. It does a lot for the person that's being listened to, but it also does a lot for the person that's listening right? Because um, it, for me, it often has been tied back to um, finding a way to not only calm the situation down, definitely calm the situation down, but give myself a break from feeling like I have to respond in the moment right now. I have to, I have to respond to something. And it gives me the opportunity to kind of make space for myself right. as well as the other person. And I totally agree with you that um, it really kind of deflates a really um, volatile situation. Right. right? And um, and that's what I mean by it allow it, it gives the person that's being listened to the opportunity to feel heard, yes. right? To really feel like you listen to me, you're listening to me. Well, and the, the reason that it deflates it, or as I use the word de-escalates things, is because what the reason that people get heated is that they feel like you're not hearing them. So they say it again and they repeat themselves and they say it louder. Louder. And it is yeah. virtually impossible to keep yelling at somebody who's repeating back what you're saying. But the caveat is that people are going to say, don't do that to me. Or what are you, my therapist, whatever. Yeah. And one of the things I want to add right now, very clearly, because I, my own personal experience, I had to deal with that. Now you can imagine my entire family says that to me, don't be my therapist. So, yeah. but what happens is what I always say in response is this is really important. And I just want to make sure I'm hearing you. That's all I'm doing. I just want yeah. to make sure I'm hearing you. We do. And we do this. I don't want to get myself involved. So I just, 
I just want to make sure I'm hearing and getting exactly what you're saying. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And we do, we talk about this exact issue in, um, in our groups as well. Um, and I often will say one of the best things I can do when I come into a, a situation like that, especially if I'm newly learning a skill, right, or newly learning about reflective listening, be genuine and honest in the situation and say, yeah, I am trying something new. I am working on a communication skill and I'm not good at it right now. So it may feel a bit, a little bit difficult. And, you know, no, I really am. I used to cut you off all the time and I'm trying not to do that anymore. Right. I'm right. trying to hear you. Um, so, hey guys, so I got a question that's yep. like, I love these explanations so far and, and the, all the reasons behind all of this, this is already really exciting. Um, and the first question that's come up for me is, is this, is reflective listening, I, I imagine you always want to have it in your pocket in case the, the situation arises where they're talking to you. And so you're going to, you're going to mirror, you're going to reflect back. But is it more of a, a in your minds, is it more of a, a spontaneous thing when it happens or do you like set out to have a reflective listening conversation with someone? It's both. And and my belief is that in order to actually get good of it, at it, you need to just start using it all the time. Like you practice it. Like I say to people, you know, the way you start is, you know, what do you want to have for dinner? And the person says, well, I like to have Chinese food, but Chinese food gives me gas. So I say, oh, you'd like Chinese, but you like to, but it gives you gas. Tell me more about that. <laughs> and what happens is it's that, that, that allows it to become get it in your back pocket because when it is heated your your hormones and endorphins or whatever your your reactivity is going to be really high so you want to have it as a tool that you could just take out and then you make a choice or if you're going to have a very difficult situation or there's some kind of negotiation that you're going to do then you actually say to yourself i'm going to do it in a dialogue um and then you go in with that intention um, or if like for me, as soon as I hear yelling, that's my trigger for dialogue. It's like if somebody's yelling, I know I'm going in with my dialogue. Um, and and Kayla, what do you mean when you say, what do you mean going in with a dialogue? That means the first thing I'm going to do is walk in and repeat back what the person's saying. That's okay. the first thing I'm going to do is, and, and I'll, t I'll explain what the whole dialogue is. But the first thing that I'm going to do is. Oh, it's, you know, and what happens is you have to be really careful because you don't start making up a story like it sounds like you're angry or it sounds like people do that all the time and people get enraged by that. You just actually repeat back the content because once you start doing interpretation, people flip out at you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I make the differentiation between being a flat mirror versus a funhouse mirror. The funhouse mirror is distorting. And it looks weird and it makes the person feel uncomfortable. And it's what I call it is editorializing where people are coming in and they're making up a story that's based on themselves. So if you say something back with the interpretation, the person does not feel heard. You have to go flat mirror with the exact words that they're saying, which is really hard by the way. Right. And, so you and, get good at it. and also Kayla, um, uh, um, I also think tone and yes. facial expressions and body expressions while you're doing reflective listening is really, really important. While you're communicating in general, it's really, really yes. important because, you know, you can reflect back to somebody the same exact words and send a totally different message. So I think this idea that Kayla is talking about this flat mirror, right, is, is really an a huge, important piece. And there's That's another aspect of that, which is that when I say flat, I don't mean toneless. Because if I, I when I was first getting trained in this, it was really funny because this this woman was yelling, was saying like, "You blah 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 blah," and this is how we. And her husband was like, "You blah blah blah," and it was driving her crazy. And he was doing it exactly. And I and one and after him doing it five times, I said, "Try to reflect her tone." So he's like, you're really mad at me because blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, yes, exactly. Right. Because the other thing that, and, and I think it's time for me to jump in, if you don't mind, about the, the format that I use and why it's called the intentional dialogue. The reason it's called intentional dialogue is the word intentional is very important here. And I, I actually hate the word dialogue because it presumes back and forth, which is not the case. 
that to me, you're allowing the person to have a dialogue with themselves, which is great. They have this back and forth with themselves. Well, I said that, but that's not really what I mean. So the format is that you actually, if you're doing the intentional dialogue, you're saying, is this a good time to do this? And you're getting permission for, for it. It's like, I'd love to speak to you. You know, can we do a dialogue? And then you, you and I would say to them, you start. And then they say whatever they're going to say, and you repeat it back verbatim, verbatim. And then the most important thing is that you say, did I get it right? Okay, because that gives the person the opportunity to say, well, not quite. But it also gives them the opportunity to correct themselves, because many, many times you got it right. But that's not what they either meant or they wanted to say. And because they're hearing it, they get to correct it. So that's the first one. And you keep doing this until you say, and, oh, and then did I get it right? Is there more about that? So the key is you're letting them continue in. And what I like to explain is a really good dialogue allows somebody to go really deep with what's going on with them. So because you're saying is there more about that, they get to stay on it and they know you're not going to jump in and inter interrupt them because you're, you're staying in. And the two words that I like to explain to people is as you're listening, you want to be absolutely curious and fascinated about what this other person is saying, because you're going to listen. And you're going, what? Like that? Or you're going to say, that's not true, blah, 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 whatever, which is what we usually do. But your job, and I see this as an absolute meditative process, because when you're doing this, you're going to have your entire internal dialogue going on and you need to do what people do in meditation, which is take that thought, put it in a bubble and let it float away. It is irrelevant to this process right. because that's just interruption and that's the breaking of this. So the, the next thing that happens is when the person's all done, that what you do is you then go back and repeat back everything that they said. Two reasons. One is they get to hear their whole story back and you're still saying, did I get that right? But what's fascinating is whatever you left out, if they say, well, you missed this thing or this is not quite right, whatever they correct and add in is the most important thing, okay? So the, what, what I love about this is you can't make a mistake because you're constantly asking to be corrected. Did I get it right? Is there more about that? Which means that even if you did a terrible job, the person's going to say, no, that's not quite right. And then you repeat back the new thing that they said. So you do this summary. And then here is the most important part, which is validation, um, which I think is because you are never, ever, 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 ever allowed to say, I understand, because that is the most meaningless sentence in the world. And it's not true, because unless you're living their life in their body, whatever, you don't understand. Nobody understands. You could have two people that are drug addicts, that, that have substance abuse issues or substance use issues, and they're gonna, it's gonna be night and day. So you don't ever say, I understand because it's dismissive. But what you, you get to say is, that makes sense to me because, okay? And you're only referring to the material that they shared with you in this discussion. You are not going back in history. You're not going back to things that you've talked about before. You are in real time in this discussion. So I'm gonna give you a quick example, which is I'm gonna do a summary and a validation. So the summary is, um, okay, so what you, just told, what, you, what you just tell me is today when I was 20 minutes late and it was raining outside and I didn't call you, you believe that I am selfish and that I put work first and that I'm disorganized and that I don't care about you. Did I get that right? Um, and so my validation is gonna be, um, so today when, you, when I was 20 minutes late and I didn't call you, it makes complete sense to me that you would believe right. that I'm selfish and that I wasn't thinking about you and that I'm disorganized. That makes complete sense to me. And then we add this other feeling piece in, which is, so I imagine you must be feeling um, hurt. And I imagine you must be feeling angry. And I imagine you must be feeling frustrated with me. Is that right? So you see how at no point did I say I was stuck on 91 and I didn't have any cell service. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that is true, but it does not serve this process. Right. Right. You're making up excuses. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. It doesn't, it's irrelevant. And I, and I like this. So, so let's just, if you could recap, because I, um, 
because one, people need to hear it like six times before right. they get it, right? So if you could recap what you're what you're kind of doing is maybe normalizing that they should feel this way when this happens. So that's a way of validating their feelings without agreeing with them. Without uh, exactly. Saying, it does not imply agreement. You never right. have to agree. But the validation is based on what you just told me. What makes this sense to what, me is. Right. And so, so what happens is that people always make sense. You might not agree with them, but it's like, what makes sense about where you're coming from and what you're thinking and what your right. perception is. And what they're basically telling you is, um, this is how I feel when this happens. They're not they're and in some, and they're not really in control of that, right? They're, those feelings just come when this happens and they're trying to tell you that. Well, and the way I think of it is this goes back to the curiosity and fascination. You want to know what they're thinking and feeling. And what the validation does is it allows people to have their own perspective and you not to deny it or dismiss it, which right. is a beautiful thing. Right, right, right. You're validating. You're validating. Okay. Yeah, it it like, makes it, sense to me that you would feel this way when this happened. Yeah, right. This it, is what's now, can you just repeat, Kayla, the last part of that you were saying? It's the so empathy piece. The empathy piece. The empathy. So, so, so basically the format is that the mirroring is, um, so what, you, what, what I heard you say is, did I get that right? Is there more about that? And then you let them keep going and keep going and keep going. And you are just doing flat mirroring until they are done. And then you summarize. Summarize. Okay. Yeah. Which is literally everything. And I like to say, mm -hmm. you know, if they're talking for a long time, just do the gyms. Oh, and the most important thing, I forgot about this, is when people are speaking, if they're going on too long and you're not going to be able to repeat it back, interrupt them. Okay. Because, okay. because they'd rather be into, and you say, wait, wait, hold up. It's, I just want to be able to do this right. So hold up. And then, and people think they're going to lose their train of thought, but they don't. Okay. You know, the reason that they get it, that people are afraid to lose their train of thought is because they think you're going to jump in and start interrupting them. But this is, this is a way for you to be able to manage the process and do it well. Um, and you need to say, I'm just interrupting because I want to make sure I get it right. Okay. Um, Genuine and so, honest. Yeah. And so then what happens is, so you keep going on, then you do the summary and then the validation is, it makes sense to me that you would think or feel or whatever blah, 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 because of blah, blah, blah. And it's just the facts. You're just basically taking the story and pulling out what makes sense to you based on their story, not agreement. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the last part is I imagine you must feel, and you just make it up. Like how would, and, and then if they say, no, that's not how I feel. Do not get attached to any of this. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, so how do you feel? And then you just repeat back how they feel. So it's all about them and not you. That's basically what the story is. It's them. Right. And you're making this about them. And then people feel relieved. Right. So back to the question of spontaneity, well, spontaneous or, or planned. Um, I, I, think, I think the beginning when you explained, when you started this whole explanation, the beginning, you said something like, would this be a good time for us to, so that's more of the planned. That's when, when you know, when, when like there's some topic that you really want to take apart, then then you you just say, can we do this in the format of a dialogue? And if they say don't know what it is, I would say just start speaking and I'll do it, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, and then and then, but the other thing is, if you start mirroring just as a playing around with it, right, it will make it easier to do when things get heated. Okay. And then you're practiced. And I I started it when I first learned this. My kid was an infant. And she'd be sitting in the back of the car having a fit and she couldn't talk. And I'd be like, oh, you know, it sounds like you're you're upset because we've been in the car for so long. Is that right? And she'd be like, Aah! and I'm like, and I can imagine that you might want to blah, 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 blah. Is that right? And then she's like, Aah! and then at the end of it, it's like I did this whole summary of it. And I'm like, it makes sense to me that you're done with the car and that you want to be home and you want to be able to scooch around and be free. Is that it? You know, I, it makes sense to me. And imagine you must be feeling like done with this silence. It's like, it's so it's like, because this, she, everybody yeah. needs this. <laughs> right. But, but also she, she stops and thinks it's like, yeah, yeah. 
and then it's you like it's like it's all done. The- it's over. That's why you don't want to go back and say I was stuck on ninety one. Right, then right. The person is like, screw you. I just told you this whole thing, and now you just ruined the whole thing. Right. Whereas versus, question. yeah. Go ahead. What is the person who you're mirroring likely to feel besides heard and? So you you you've said they feel heard. They're likely to calm down, or the the things are likely to deescalate. But what possible negative um, emotions might they be likely to feel if you're if you're trying reflective listening on them? They okay. they feel like you're being their therapist, which people hate apparently, unless you're actually getting <laughs> paid for it. Um, they feel like you're you think you're better than them. Um, they think that you're you know trying to be controlling which is ironic because it's the opposite. It's the complete um, opposite. <laughs> but, but what happens is that I cannot tell you how much it works and, and that I am just persistent. It's like, don't give up because you, it, for me, it's like I, the way I really learned it is because I, I got so much resistance to it. I had to really figure out how to present how to it. How to do it. Yeah, how to so, keep it going. I practiced it. It's like just because I'm a therapist, I the way I learned it was at home. Right. Um, and and can I share I in here? And can I share in here a few things? Um, things that I hear about from a lot of family members that start the process and also um, some things that I experienced myself um, when I started with reflective listening, especially with my um, with my son. Um, so a few things, just exactly what Kayla's uh, talking about, a few things were, um, I got that, oh, what are you going to those meetings now? Yeah. Or, you, you know, you're on the Allies and Recovery website. And now you think you can, you know, do this with me. And and I would be open and honest and say, yeah, no, I am. I am trying to get better at this, right? I stink at particular things and I, and I need to get better at it. It's not intended to um, frustrate anybody. Um, but I've also found that he loved it after that yeah. he loved it he felt heard in a big way um also i've used it i used it in like reviews with employees loved it people loved it because um i was always asking for their input well tell me more about that right tell me what do you feel how do you right i was constantly trying to get it out of them and it it always went like great. Like I felt like people left the room and I heard back from them that they felt good. They felt like they were walking out having been heard about um, both the good and the, the things that they struggled with. Um, but also there is one, one issue that I've uh, found with my loved one. My son was so used to me getting in there and saying things like, um, uh, like starting to solve his problems. He was so used to me doing that, that when he would come to me and I would start with reflective listening and my goal was, you know, to let him, him solve it, that I was not going to be the one that's going to solve this issue with him. At, at one point he, he started saying, I'm telling you this so you can tell me what to do. And it was like, oh, you are asking me to solve your problem. Like you want me to solve your problem. And, um, and I, I was like kind of taken aback, like, oh, you liked having me solve things for you. Um, And what's such a great opportunity for you to say, so you are selling me this because you want me to solve your problems. Tell me more about that. That's what I love about this. It's like, tell me, I'm dying to know why you want me to solve your problems now. <laughs> yeah, and and actually, I did, and I um, I did do that. I and I tried to I tried to like reinforce other things or like plant little seeds, like you know, just kind of letting him know that actually, I think you're capable of solving this problem, right? That that actually, I have faith that you're gonna you're going to, um, you're going to come to whatever it is that's going to work for you. Um, right. And I try, and I did at, at some point in the conversation, I might say something like, well, I have some thoughts if, 
would it be okay if I could share them with you? Um, and also, but going into that with, um, I want to make it clear that I don't expect you to take any of my, right. That, right. There's no expectations that you are going to use anything that I suggest. Um, and as well as, um, maybe it'll just inspire thought, but whatever conclusion you come to, it's yours. It's totally yours. Um, so I tried to do that, but I, I try to go ahead and let him know, no, I, I really think it's important that I have faith in you, that you are going to solve your own problems. Right. And, and what I might add at that moment would be, you know, I'm curious about what thoughts you have about solving your problem. Let's, let's talk about that first. And let's go through what your thoughts are because people are brilliant. I mean, and that's the thing. And like, I like to say is people who have substance use disorders are geniuses. They learn how to like navigate the world and, you know, come up with creative ways of functioning in a dysfunctional situation. They could get out of danger because all of them would be dead if not. And then, so, so my presumption is, is, you know, I, you could do this. It's just that you haven't really sat down and thought about it or you haven't made a decision to do it. Right. So let me give you the space to do that. But one thought I have is, do we want to do a little uh, sample of it? Sure. We, we definitely do. Okay. <laughs> now a short pause for a word from our partner, Allies in Recovery. Is your loved one resistant to getting treatment? Are you hitting a wall when you try to communicate with them or offer them help? Is your own mental or physical health deteriorating? The CRAFT method, which we teach on our e-learning platform, was designed to address these very challenges. A membership with Allies in Recovery gives you unlimited access to a library of learning videos, ebooks, and worksheets, as well as in-house expert guidance tailored to your situation. Visit alliesinrecovery.net today. Izzy, do you have any, uh, do you have a situation that you want to um, throw out there? Or do you want Kayla to maybe kind of come up with a... No, uh, you, no? You came in with something. So just bring it up and we'll deal with it. Okay. Well, so what kind of situation would it be? You Like if, you're, if, if there's some kind of struggle... If you're in the middle of a struggle with a with somebody who's using or that is not acting in a way that you feel good about. Okay. So the idea would be for us to to act that out to 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 pull, Yeah, now that. here's the thing. Do you want me to be you or them? <laughs> um I would like you to be them. Okay. I'm happy to do that. Just give me a little background about what they might their issues might be. So I have a I have a thought on this. Um, what about if we start with Kayla being the uh, person that's going to mirror? So she gives us an example yeah. of how do you do this? Yeah, and, and, and then we can go the other way around. Right. And and um, I have a situation and I. what are your thoughts on this, Kayla? I have a thought. Um, what about if I am... Um, I have substance use disorder and my um, and I'm calling home to try and uh, get some gas money okay, and great. some money That's for cool. cigarettes and something like that. That's so cool. I'll be the person with. OK, so, hey, mom, mom, you know, I'm I, I I'm running out of gas. I got no money. I'm not getting paid until next Friday. And uh, I really need some gas money to fill up my tank. And uh, if you wouldn't mind throwing in a couple of bucks just so I can get some cigarettes and you know i'm just really worried because i got the kids i gotta buy my groceries and stuff so okay wait, wait, wait. So hold up hold up hold up hold up hold up i just want to make sure i'm hearing you so so what you're saying is that the reason that you're calling me is because you need gas money and you're trying to get money addition some give me you want me to give you some extra money also for cigarettes um and whatever some groceries and um i lost you said something about the kids i can't i i lost what you were saying about that yeah, yeah. Well, I'm worried. I'm worried about the kids because I got a whole week before I'm going to get paid. And, you know, and so I, it's really important that I get, I, I was thinking if I got like a hundred bucks, if you just gave me a hundred bucks that would cover everything, I could get the gas, I could, um, I could get my cigarettes and I would make sure that the kids are, you know, your grandkids are, are pay, are, um, 
have groceries for the for the week until I get paid next Friday. So, so you know, and I'm just thinking, why don't you just give me a hundred? So you're saying you're, you're asking me for a hundred bucks so that you could get the gas, get the cigarettes and also take care of the grandkids until you get paid next week. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is there more so, about that? No, no, I, no, I just, I really need the money. I really need the money. And I'm like at the gas station right now. So I was hoping, uh, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could just drive by and pick it up and then come back to the gas station and just get my, get my tank filled. And, you know, I got to get to work. I got to get to work. So, uh, so I'm thinking a hundred bucks, right? Come on. You got to give me a hundred so bucks. You're thinking that maybe you, since you're at the gas station, but you need the money, you'll come to the house, pick up a hundred bucks and you got to get to get to the, you got to get to work. So I should just give you the hundred bucks when you come over. Is that what you're asking me for? Yeah. Yeah. E- either the hundred bucks cash, or maybe you could give me your credit card number and the, and the pin. And I could go ahead and get, um, I could get the cash right now, maybe from the ATM or whatever, whatever works, mom, but I need a hundred bucks. So you need a hundred bucks and maybe you'll use my credit card or the pin number or just get yep. the cash at the gas station, but whatever yep. works is fine with you. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly okay. it. You're asking me for a hundred bucks because you don't have any money and you're trying to get gas and you're trying to get cigarettes and you're trying to get food for the grant for the kids and you're not getting paid to next week and you're on your way to work and you're asking me to give you a hundred bucks in some form or another. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to be done pretty quick. And it's got to be done pretty quick. Well, it makes sense to me that, you know, you would need gas money and a hundred bucks because you don't have any money right now. And uh, it makes sense that you would take my credit card or you want to get cash um, and that you're feeling kind of desperate right now to get the money because you don't have any money until until you get paid next week. That makes sense to me. And I imagine you must be feeling a little stressed out, maybe a little tense and a little anxious about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm wicked stressed. Wicked stressed. Yeah. That makes complete sense to me that you'd be stressed if you don't have money. Yep. Yep. So, so I'm thinking I'll swing by. I'll swing by Uh, and get that hundred bucks. Well, actually that's not going to work for me, but I hear what you're saying. And, um, I hope you figure out a way to get your gas money and (laughs) take care of yourself. Yeah. It probably would get, get a little heated. No, I'm sure it would. But what happens is that, what just the most important thing to keep in mind is that I'm on a mission just to be a reflecting pool. And that, that, because what happens is that when you're the, the parent and you're listening to that, you get all anxious. What about my grandkids? And is the, are they going to be homeless? Are they going to be desperate? Right. And right. that's the story that you have to take out of your head at that moment. Right. Then all right. you're doing is listening. Right. But also be prepared. Cause I think at the end of that conversation, I just think of like what my son might do yeah. uh, at the end of that conversation. It'd be like, come on, ma, ma what do you mean? You're not going to give me the hundred bucks. What do you mean? I need yeah, the hundred bucks. For me, this is the, this is where the craft stuff comes in, which is that I would be like, listen, I need to go now. I understand yeah. that you're upset, but I have to go. And yeah. even if I'm in the presence of somebody, I'm be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to help you right now. So I feel I'm going to go right now. Right. And and I I totally agree. Right. Totally agree. And um, yeah, uh, set that boundary down. I've got to go and um, even find some emergency of why you need to. Exactly. But get out of the space because, and the thing is, and to me, it's like, you're still being kind and you're not yelling and you're not putting the person down. And that's the goal of the dialogue is that you've heard them but that doesn't mean that you're going to fix it. Right. And that's the big issue is like, how do you not jump in even though they are sounding desperate? It's not your job. Right. And, and the one thing I like to say to people is if it would help to give him the hundred bucks and you know that that would be the most amazing thing and then life is going to be different. That's a different story, but you know, that money is going into the toilet. Right. So it's like, so why would you keep throwing money in the toilet? Right. And there are alternatives to giving that hundred dollars, right? Because she kept pressuring for the hundred dollars more in a cash form more, right? Well, there are alternatives. If the, if the kids, if she's struggling to get groceries and get food on the table, grandma or grandpa dropping by the house with some groceries for the kids right. is going to be helpful versus giving her the hundred dollars where you're, yeah, maybe she is going to put gas in the tank, but maybe it's also going to go somewhere else. And we probably uh, are pretty sure from history 
knowing where that money is going to go. And also where the hundred dollars go in the first place. And that's what you always want to think. You don't want to be putting it down the drain just by keep giving it. So that's the problem is what happened to the hundred dollars in the first place. Right. Right. So Isabel, were you going to say something? um, I did have um, a question. So you guys did great, by the way. Um, I can tell Lori has some experience with these, these, uh, (laughs) (laughs) calls. Um, so I'm, I was surprised actually that reflective listening would be an, uh, an appropriate tool in a case like this. Cause I would have imagined kind of like, um, I don't know, a, a, a situation like this where someone's really trying to kind of put pressure you into something. I, I wouldn't, personally have even thought of using that tool. So I love that. I love that we used that example to start out with. And I'm, I was wondering though, are there situations where you just wouldn't go there? No. no. Pretty no. much anything goes. No, I, because I'm somebody that people call when there's like um, a very dangerous situation. It's the first thing I do. I'm like, tell me what's going on. So first thing that it's like somebody had a gun. That's the first thing I would do. If I was being held hostage, first thing I would do is to start just like, tell me what's going on and then start repeating it back. It, there, there is nothing bad that can come from it. And I also feel like the more information I have, the more I get to make choices. Right. And, and also, um, I don't know if you noticed, Isabel, how um, the conversation actually didn't um, it didn't go anywhere for me. I was trying really hard to pressure Kayla to give me that money, right? I wanted mom to give me the money. And um, I was trying all these high pressure things. You don't understand. I have to get food on the table. I've, you know, I need to keep my job. How am I going to get to my job if I don't have the gas? And uh, right. And I'm trying all these high pressured things. And actually the conversation really didn't go very far with mom, right? I couldn't get never once did she say to me, Oh my God, well, how are we going to do that? Or how we, and I, I started feeling like, Oh, I don't have that in. I, right. My goal is to get the money out of mom. Right. And my goal wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and that's, I think that's probably a really good thing in the conversation. Yeah. I felt heard. I felt like mom heard me. (laughs) But remember, my goal actually in that situation, yeah, I want to be heard. I'm I'm like, you know, screaming, I need that money, mom. I need it. I need it. And I can't be completely honest with her. Right. Which also makes sense that I can't be completely honest with her of where that money's going to go, because I know that the money um, then mom is probably less likely to give me that money. So, so under- Lori, I hear you saying that. Um, trying, I'm trying. I hear you saying that using reflective listening, um, in addition to all of the benefits we've been, we've been talking about one of the benefits for uh, the family member of someone with, uh, SUD is that it's harder for your loved one to take advantage of you in the situation. If you are using reflective listening, did I get that right? Yeah. And and the key with that, Isabel, is that that it gives you this frame that you're going to keep yourself in because we talk about boundaries all the time. The thing that I like about that reflective listening is that it keeps my frame really clear for me. Like I the only goal I have is to stay in the frame. I don't have a goal to fix it. I don't have a goal to resolve things. Um, That's it. That's all I have. So that's that's the story. And, And then I've done it. Which is actually, I I think one of the biggest barriers for families is um, the goal oftentimes in every conversation that we have with our loved one is to fix. Yes. Every every single conversation is all about um, their their use. How are we going to make it better? Their problems. You're having financial difficulties. Oh my God, we've got to find a solution. And you kind of, and I know I did this, right? I, um, I felt like it was such an immediate problem. I had to have an immediate answer and I never gave myself 
um, space to, to let him figure it out. And I never had conversations with him that wasn't about um, some issue that was coming up with him. And I had to, I had to learn one, I had to learn reflective listening, which I did, but, but I also had to learn to go and have those conversations with him that have nothing to do with anything except for how beautiful the blue sky is. And do you want some ice cream? Um, and also understanding that having space and not talking about anything with my loved one is a good thing to do. So in other words, hey, I'm going to get a cup of coffee down at the, you know, down at Dunkin' Donuts. Do you want to go for the car ride? And then sitting in the car with the music on and not talking to one another yeah. is actually spending quality time. That it's okay to have blank space and not be talking. Um, and uh, those things added in um, really, really helped um, and it helps with reflective listening to under to do exactly what Kayla's saying. Drop that. Drop your agenda. Just drop it because that's not that's not what it's about. And just remember that your agenda doesn't work if the other person's not interested in the agenda. So why bother? Don't waste your breath. Right. You know. So you basically just keep in the frame to keep yourself safe and keep them safe. And then you, it's not your job to fix it. It's their jobs to fix it. Right. Um, a, a final quick question. So um, I guess you've already said, Kayla, that you, you've used reflective listening with, uh, with people of all different ages. So um, maybe this answers itself. Um, I was just going to say, if, 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 you have, if people are listening that have um, younger uh, teens, let's say, with, with addiction issues. It's even uh, more important even more important. Yeah, it's even more important. That's like if my my daughter is somebody who's quite can be quite reactive and first thing I do is repeat back what she says. And then we it gets out of the conflict. Hmm. The one piece the one piece that you added for me today Kayla which I really really liked is the interruption. You know, because um <laughs> I'm dead serious because I know this sounds crazy but um, I hear this a lot from a lot of families and I experienced it myself, this um, incessant talking, 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 and I could never find a, a space to say anything. Um, so that kind of helps me a little bit with, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. It's, it, you know, help me. I need to understand this a little bit. Just, so, it's like, just let me make sure I got it. That's the line. Yeah, let yeah. me make sure I got it. Hold up. Let me make yeah. sure I got it. It's like, you're saying all this stuff and I just want to make sure I got it. And then they get to stop ranting because they're ranting and ranting doesn't help anybody because you're actually taking it apart better in a way that they can process more effectively. Right. And the other thing about ranting, I think, is it um, it almost confirms um, it, it's it's like ruminating thoughts, ruminating, ruminating, ruminating. And, and they're getting ramped up and ramped up and angry and yeah. angrier. Right. But also um, if I'm interrupting and I just keep repeating back. So you feel like I'm not listening to you. So you feel like I'm not taking care of you. So you feel like I'm not listening to you. Like every time I interrupt and I'm repeating the same thing, they hear that they're repeating themselves. Right. So that's the best thing about interrupting because if they go on and on and on and on, for, I can't do it. I could actually go for 20 minutes and mirror back what somebody says, but most people don't have that kind of bandwidth. So you have to, you have to interrupt within your frame of being able to repeat feedback. And at the beginning, it's very short. Like literally they might have to say one line and you interrupt, which is fine. So don't feel self-conscious about it. Just do it and then the more you do it the better you get this podcast is produced in partnership with allies in recovery join today and begin our self-guided e-learning program from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace you will learn how to shepherd your loved one toward treatment and long-term recovery our in-house experts led by dominique simone levine also provide personalized guidance to members Learn more at alliesinrecovery.net and join today. So, Isabel, do you want to um, do you want to take the time and um, and try one more or? Uh, sure. Sure. I'm gonna. Pra I want to practice the reflective. The reflecting. Okay. You want me to be a, an obnoxious person? 
You be whoever you want. Okay. Um, yeah. Just tell me who you are. All right. I am a 15 year old um, who uh, wants to go out with my friends tonight and stay out. Okay. So uh, I have plans with my friends tonight and they're having a, a party and I'm, I'm wanting, I'm going, I'm going to the party. Oh, okay. So I'm hearing you say that um, you have plans and you've got plans with your friends and the plan is to, to go out to a party tonight. Is that, is that right? Yep. And I don't want, I just want to stay, I'm going to stay over at, uh, at their house. Okay, so you have, um, you're saying that you are planning on staying over uh, at at the friend's house? Yes. Which, uh, which friend's house did you say? It's Elisa. Okay. Your mom's to... really cool. Don't worry about it. You know, there's not going to be any drugs or alcohol there. And her mom's really strict, so it should be real. We're just going to have, like, a fire, and then I'm going to stay over. So um, let me make sure I, I heard you okay. So uh, you'll be at Alyssa's parents' house, um, her mom's house. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, and you know her. She's she's cool. You said she's strict. She's strict. Um, and you're planning on uh, all of you are planning staying over there and having a bonfire, having a fire, and uh, and you'll be there's going to be a an adult chaperone um, there with you. Yes. So you don't have to worry. So don't worry about it. everything's cool. I don't want you to get all upset like you do. Okay. I I hear you saying that you you feel a um, that. You feel I, I might get upset. I, I hear you. Um, and you don't want me to get upset. Is that right? Yeah, you know, you don't need to. Don't waste your time. It's fine. She's great. And, you know, this whole COVID thing, I haven't been able to see anybody. And now finally things are lifting. And I need, I really need to see my friends. This is just ridiculous. Okay. I can't, I can't um, stay home anymore. So, so honey, I, I hear you saying that it's, things have been, things have been, piling up things have been hard for you with um, with the COVID situation um, you feel like you're not seeing your friends as much as you'd like to and um, and you you're saying that this is this feels important to you to see your friends well I'm way. getting depressed it's like I it's like I've been home and I'm bored and I'm depressed and it's like that's not okay for me never to see my friends I mean it's ridiculous yes you're saying that you you've got some some feelings of depression these days. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it's not, I'm, I'm, it's not right. I hate this. I hate this COVID thing. And I hate that you don't let me go anywhere. And I hate that you like are restricting me from my friends. Okay. So you're saying I, I, I um, <laughs> this is hard. Yeah, so I'm going to pull out for a minute because this is the hard part. So, so what just happened to you? Because this, this is the key. What just, what's, what's fuzzing up your brain right now? Yeah. Um, uh, good question. Okay. Are you forgetting the process? Now, here's what happens is when they're talking about you, that, yeah. that's when the static comes. Uh, okay. Okay, so that's when you have to, you might have to say, okay, just tell me that again, because oh, okay. it happens to everybody because it's personal. And then all of a sudden your brain starts exploding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, can, do you mind running that by me again? I, I got. Distracted. I can't remember what I said, but I, I think I said that, um, that, what the heck did I say? Um, Something about me. Um. <laughs> Just that it's like, you're like, you're so controlling and you, you think that like, you know, that you, I feel like I've had to sacrifice my whole life so I don't make you sick. And that's just not fair. I'm 15, okay? I'm never going to okay, be- Okay, hold on, hold on, 15. hold on. I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting all of this. 
so um, you're saying that that you experience me as as being controlling and um, and that it's it's weighing on you you feel that it's weighing on you uh, and you don't want to you feel like you you don't want to have to protect my feelings or or um, your health or my health did I get that not right fair. yeah it's not fair it's like just because you're old that doesn't mean that I have to like not have a life so I hear you talking saying that that um, you don't feel that that things are usually fair or not often fair with me and no, just with like this COVID thing oh I see Mm -hmm. It's like so you, you like make me stay home so you're not going to get sick because I'm not worried. I'm not worried about any sick. I'm worried that you're going to die. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're feeling worried that you're not worried about yourself. I hear that. And you're feeling worried that since I'm older or old, as you say, old, uh, that I, that I might die with all of this. And oh, that's you've, you've concerning you. into my head. That's, that's why you're, you know, like you just try to control my brain and make me feel guilty. Okay. I hear you saying that you feel, um, you feel that I'm, I try to control you a lot and, and that, that I make you feel guilty or I want to make you feel guilty. Did yes. I get that right? Yeah. And then, and then that's all you care about is yourself. I hear you saying that, um, you feel I. Bye Lori. Bye Lori. Thanks so much. Is it, is it bad that I'm, I, I keep saying you feel that. Yeah, so I would not... just say what you're, what you're saying is that I'm controlling, okay. and you know that I that I am selfish, and that just yeah. be really direct with it, and don't. Yeah, because I because when I hear myself saying that, it doesn't feel good. Good, so you're right. Feel... That was a great catch. Yeah, it it makes me feel like I'm, or it it's, makes me think that it sounds kind of manipulative or like I'm, I'm trying to make them feel bad about how they feel or something. That's, so. that's exactly the case. It's like, okay. so you just go direct to the, what they're saying is, so you, you, you are saying that I'm controlling, you're saying that I'm selfish. Okay. So you're saying that I'm controlling and selfish. Um, is yeah. that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then I know you're going to say no to me tonight. Okay, I hear you. Because you're controlling and selfish and you don't care about me. So you're saying that you think I will I will be saying no to you tonight because of uh, because I am controlling and I'm selfish. Is that is that right? Yes. Okay. So can I can I summarize my yeah. understanding of what of what you're what you're talking about tonight? So um you are. You have made plans to to see friends. You've planned to have a party and to to stay over at Alyssa's house. Not that was right. Uh, her mom will be there, and she's uh, she's strict, and she'll be watching out for you. Uh, you are, have been feeling isolated from your friends, like like I haven't been letting you. Uh, see them enough you you're finding covid um era to be really hard and that i'm making things worse by being worried um and trying to control uh your actions um and that i also want you to feel worried about me is did I forget anything, or is that right? Yeah, that you're that you're then that's selfish and controlling. Sorry. And that's selfish and controlling. And 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 that that is selfish and controlling of me to to uh, right, and that that's selfish and controlling of me. Yes. Okay. Did I leave anything out? Is there any more about that? Just it's like. I have needs and I need to 
I, I, and wants, and I don't want to, you know, wait till miss all this great time in my life until this stupid thing is over. Cause it's never going to end anyway. So I hear you saying that you, your needs, you have needs and you have wants, and we don't know when this whole thing is going to be over. Uh, so you don't want to put your life on hold. Yeah. And what you're saying. Yeah. I want to hang out with my friends and you'd like to see your friends. Okay. Well, I, um, it makes total sense to me that you would feel that way. Oh shit. Shoot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. It makes total. All right. I'm looking at my notes. I'm validating. Uh, it makes sense to me that you'd feel a because of B. So it makes sense to me that you'd feel, this is when I make up what I think they feel. No, just, just like, what did they say? What did she say about that? She was feeling. Okay. It makes sense to me that you'd feel frustrated um, and uh, and angry with me um, because you're not allowed, you're not being able to see your friends uh, as much as you'd like to. Did I formulate that okay? What, what I would do is I would do the, the one with the punch, which is it makes sense to me because if you said it makes sense to me that you think I'm controlling and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and because that's really what she wants to hear. Okay. Okay. But, okay. But I still would say you think because that's yeah, okay. It, yes. It makes sense to me that you, that you think I'm controlling and selfish because you're not getting to see your friends as much as you want. And I'm worried because I'm worried because my worry is, is big. And I imagine that that must be frustrating for you. You must be feeling um, frustrated and, and fed up with this situation. Yep. Are you going to say no? Um, well, I want to thank you for talking with me and, uh, and I'm going to mull, mull this over and I really appreciate your, your letting me know how you fit, how you're feeling. That was great. You did a great job. And then you see how hard it is. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh my God. Plus you're so good at being a, a teenager. And yeah, I have one. <laughs> fast talking teenager. All right. Well, that was fun and scary. Um, yeah, and so just realize you're going to be lousy at it to begin with. Yeah. But remember that you're going for the punch, and that was a really good example of you don't want to water it down because um, the, the most effective thing that you could say is um, it makes sense to me that you think I'm um, controlling and what was the other word? I can't even Selfish. remember. Selfish. Oh. Like when you say that to somebody, they're like, yes. Yes, you got it. And and it's such a powerful thing to do to reflect that part of it. And then they, it's like the exhale happens. Yep, you got it. Cool. You go for the most intense thing and you mirror and, and you bring that one back up. Okay. Because that's when that's powerful and you want this to be really powerful. Okay. Okay. Wow. So really it's, um, it's hard. It's hardcore. There's a bunch of things to, to keep in mind, but it does feel doable. And, um, and I really, really appreciate your breaking it down for us. And, and um, I love the image of the reflective pool. And um, <clears throat> I think that's really pretty. I think it's really um, a lovely, a lovely thing to keep in mind. So well, we've been talking, oh, about an hour, over an hour. So um, hopefully if we still have a couple listeners here at the end of the podcast. Um, I want to thank you, Kayla. And thank you, Lori, who, who had to leave. And thank you all for listening today to Coming Up for Air. Um, please take a moment if you enjoyed this podcast and if you think others might as well to give us a five-star rating. Uh, and or to subscribe um, that would be much appreciated by uh, all of us and um, it will help coming up for air get seen more often by um, by people looking for podcasts and it will give allies in recovery 
a little bit more um, visibility, which would be would be wonderful. We're trying to get as many families connected to the craft method as possible. So uh, wishing you all well and thanks again, Kayla. Pleasure. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode of Coming Up for Air spoke to you. If you're listening in today on a podcast platform that isn't the Allies member site, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating. This helps others find the show more easily. If you have a suggestion for a new topic or guest for the show, please reach out through the Contact Us form on alliesandrecovery.net. Special thanks to our hosts, our guests, our production team, and Michael Mauboussin for the original music composition.